everybody welcome back to no beer left behind i'm brian here in north texas boy it's glad to be back with y'all i uh i'm joined by villem and frank this evening villem up in tulsa town what's up brian and frank down in austin actual frank how are you doing hey brian i'm doing well my dog's getting murdered apparently dogs a lot of noise dogs can't get murdered they're saintly so is that them uh, I growling? assure you that sometimes they might need to be. Is that them growling in the background? Hell yes it is. It's just one dog. His name is Leo and he's a real asshole. Cool. So that's going well. You've cut his balls off and now you're calling him an asshole. Just so we're clear. Keep all the people up to date at home. Yeah. You can, in my opinion, you can't cut him off soon enough. Okay. He's that right. he's at six months. Should have done it in two weeks. He's a real dick. (laughs) (laughs) He seems to be pretty vocal about that whole ball situation. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of him that you're just like, you're too smart. He's like a cat in some ways. In in the worst ways, he's like a cat. And in the best ways, he's like a dog. If If you understand, like, he likes to cuddle. He's real friendly. But like a cat, he also has his limits and will really let you know when you've reached that limit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that sounds terrifying. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he's not a small animal, Frank. Yeah, he's a vulture. That's what he is. Really, he's like pr- you don't have leak. you don't have enough uh, digits for this dog to. Yeah, he's a real dick. Okay. Oh, that. Is he like assaulting you? Uh, yeah, I mean he he will he will purposefully jump. Okay, so his best move, and I don't know, maybe this is more of an emotional assault, but his best move is in the morning he'll get up at six forty, and you'll let him out. He'll piss. He'll poop. He'll come back inside, and at about seven a.m. He will jump on the bed and cuddle with you, but it comes with a certain level of expectation. And Are if you... you don't pet him, oh. he will lay there. And you're sleeping, right? He'll lay there and he'll go, <laughs> like yawning in the loudest possible manner so that you also wake up. And it doesn't <laughs> It can be 7 a.m. on a fucking Saturday. And this dude is like... Come on, people. And then for two hours, he'll be active. And at, I don't know, 9 a.m., he's sleeping. He's like, ah, oh, that was entertaining. That was great. And I'm back to sleeping till noon. Oh, my God. Well, my yeah. eyes are watering now. He's a real dick. <laughs> I mean, solid, solid. <laughs> Not much more can be Love said Love this, this journey one. for you, first of all. <laughs> He, he's he's not he's a good dude though like that's the thing it's like you want to murder him but he's cool <laughs> like, leo the dude the cool dude yeah, there's one ruler and one ruler in this house and it's this fucking little 35 pound monster 
that we brought in about eight weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Brian and I were talking about our uh, dog that we got six. I think we're at six months now. We've had Spike, and I. She was like, "Is it weird that we just you know that now this dog's part of our life?" I go, "Yeah, it's real weird because if you look at it in people terms, we just picked up a homeless dude who's <laughs> literally been homeless his entire life, and we brought him into yeah. the house, and we we're just like, "Hey, you're here now." This is how we do things. Yeah, this is the new life that you've chosen, or has been chosen for you. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's outside, and I'm getting upset with him because he's eating his own shit in the backyard. And I'm like, "Well, he has been homeless his entire life. He knows not what he not. He knows not what he does." You have a cute dog, Brian. I know he's he's a real asshole as well. Uh, we've just gotten him out of the stage of him jumping on the bed when he hears our alarms in the morning. And I don't know. I feel like we're normal and that we set my my wife and I set a bunch of alarms because we don't get up the first time. Yeah. We'll get up if the baby makes a whimper in the middle of the night, but we can't hear fucking the uh, <laughs> the the it's always sunny in Philadelphia up. ringtone. No, it just <laughs> just goes off for 15 minutes. But Spike, <laughs> like on the that. other hand, the first ringtone that goes off, he used to jump in the middle of my chest. This dog is every bit of 40 pounds, and he would <laughs> leap in the middle of my chest and just be like, lick my face. He'd be like, all right, let's do this, man. I'm like, okay. Oh, that's adorable. That's like a cartoon or something. It's fucking 5 o'clock in the morning. It's not adorable. No. Yeah, but this, I mean, to I, me it is. So, spectator. So he, <laughs> <laughs> if it were you, though, you'd toss that dog halfway across the country. Dude, at one point, him and I were getting into full-on wrestling matches in my sleep because he would, if I didn't pay attention to him, he would climb up and sleep between my pillow and the headboard. I don't know how you sleep at night, but my pillow is pretty fucking close to my headboard. Oh, that yeah. big-ass dog lays in between those two items. Leo so, does that, too. Leo does that too, and then the, the the so the part about this dog that makes me fear him more than love him is, I think he might be indestructible. He did jump out of a passenger side window on a Toyota <laughs> Forerunner while it was going about fifteen miles an hour. Uh, did not break a single limb on the way down. All he did was his butthole got some butt uh, some some road rash. Did you have an MRI done? Uh, we had an ultrasound done. Um, shit. Yeah. I wonder if. Do you he, think uh, he has like some swelling or something, or like if he's just like suddenly aggressive? I mean, so there's this do you other think there's part brain trauma where, my, where the wife is a <laughs> yeah. vet and yeah had, had several tests done to make sure he's fine. He's fine. He was this way before. This was not a new established. He had established rule over the house, and it was actually quite funny because. He went right back to behaving the way he'd been behaving the whole time when oh. right after we put him back in the car, after he <laughs> fell out of the car. Like it, the only thing that happened with him. So, you know how they have that fifth. Well, that, it's, it's really like a, an opposable f- thumb, but it doesn't. Right, the down, right. Yeah. So that thing has a small couple of cartilage bones in it. And okay. he, he pretty much pulverized one of them. Um, oh, fuck out. But it has no nerve endings, so that's oh. why people can chop it off. So it didn't it didn't hurt him. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So that's that's really that's the story of Leo. So anybody, if you have time, come down to Austin. Um, you may pet Leo. 
I will not uh, let you take him because he's named after Lionel Messi, so I have signed my death warrant with this dog. <laughs> um, but you can come pet him, and if you'd like to babysit him, feel free. He doesn't destroy things. That's actually the interesting part. He's just a dick. Um, <laughs> doesn't destroy anything. Actually really respectful of rules. He just does not like you as a person, really, very much, all the time. My dog story is that we adopted a dog last year around this time um, that had has like pretty bad separation anxiety (laughs) (laughs) and we weren't made aware of this Um, so that like he would like we tried they were like put him in a crate you know make it calm and comfortable for him and da 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 and uh tried that and like he started chewing through the metal wire and stuff. well we have we have his old crate leo yeah. sleeps in it and it yeah. is destroyed <laughs> yeah so like you know we tried that we did everything we could and eventually it was just like it just if you have a dog with separation anxiety it takes so you know a very very long time to untrain that yeah. uh, and it starts with literally like grabbing your keys and not going anywhere. And you do that for weeks. Until, oh no. Until they're not, they don't get revved up by you. Like you grabbing know, keys. That, that sounds keys. awful. Then you do a little bit more. It's like, then you grab keys and put on shoes and then you do that until they they don't make a big deal out of it. And you have to no. the whole fucking process basically. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. And, and then then like, they will be, and, and you have to make it comfortable when you leave, and I don't know. There, there's like, it's you, you basically can't really untrain it. Anyway, so he yeah had so, so at that company I was at at that time I could work from home, so I worked from home just every day because of this dog. So I was just like I fucking was here. I'm in the room right now, and I like instantly am taken back to working at that company. Uh, <laughs> and like as soon as I enter this room, anyway. So then. Like earlier this year, I received a job offer, and as part of like getting that job, I asked him and made sure that I would be able to bring my dog to the office. Nice to that extent for this fucking dog. But he's so well behaved when he's around. He is. Like, super it's not. Yeah, that's the problem with fucking Leo. Leo would he would first if I was in an office where dogs were allowed. He'd first establish the fact that he ruled the roost. And then he would go around messing with the other dogs on a daily basis for hours on end to get his exercise in. Yeah. Um, so he, Earl will be sleeping, and he'll go up to Earl and just bite him right on the fucking snout. <laughs> <laughs> Time to play, motherfucker. <laughs> like, okay. And then Earl, Earl will cordially get up and start messing with him and, like, He's three times Leo's size, almost weighs 90 pounds. It's a mess. It's a fucking mess. <laughs> oh, that is that is great. Yeah, he's a good dog, but he's a lot of work. So, Brian, I don't know, it's several minutes in. We should probably get to beers. Yeah, we're, we're 11 and a half minutes in. No one knows. All right. Are we, uh, uh, Willem, are you drinking anything this evening? He said, knowing the answer. Yes, I'm drinking wine. Drinking wine. What kind of wine? Chianti. Yeah, what kind of wine? Ooh, 
a nice Chianti. It goes yeah. so well with. With what? Fool <laughs> this man! So Come good. on, that's Silence of the Lamb. Come on, we all knew, we all knew what it was. Active food. Um, that's it doesn't even. It doesn't sound right. I know what you're trying. No, it to doesn't because do. I can't. I can't smack my lips that fast. That's talent. That's fucking Jack Nicholson talent. It's not Jack Nicholson. So whatever, Jack Nicholas. Got. Damn it. <laughs> the golfer. Um, sure. So you're having a Chianti, Vellum. Uh, I assume that this is from. God damn it. This is I mean, from the wine. Anthony Hopkins. This is from the wine region of Tulsa, Oklahoma, of greater North Oklahoma, I'm sure. This uh, is from what? This is from the, the greater wine growing districts of Northern <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah, totally. No, I got this at Trader Joe's, dude. Ooh. I call it Trader Joe's. Because we can Trader's do that. Trader's Joe. I just I call it part of picking up some ingredients for a meal tonight. I was like, I'll get a bottle of wine. And you know what? It's fucking dirt cheap, that shit. Like, you you can get $5 bottles of wine at Trader Joe's, and they're pretty okay. Like, Well, they're, yeah, they're $5 bottles of wine. But yeah. Yeah, you, you're... Like, like they don't taste like trash. <laughs> no, I just, as y'all were going through uh, K9 101, I was looking through some news stories out of Oklahoma, and it came up that in Tulsa, some liquor stores are relieved to see a spike in liquor sales after the new law. Because, you know, everybody is freaking out, like, oh, if people can buy wine and beer at the big stores, like, why even need us? And they're yeah, no. seeing the exact same thing that... Every other state around them who has the same liquor laws see every single day like, people want to buy in convenience. So when they go into a liquor store to buy spirits, they also want to buy beer. And because you have a better selection of beer than the grocery store, they buy beer there. Exactly right. I still, there's no way I'm going to go get beer at, like I have gotten beer at the grocery store, but you're not getting near the variety and like selection. I don't know. It's almost like, uh, getting like Indian food at Whole Foods, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, get something, but it's not. I mean, there's some there's some chain stores, chain grocery stores that do a really good job of keeping a variety of craft beer, but shit, for the most part, it's like thirty percent of what's available. Yeah, it's still very limited. Yeah. All right, uh, Frank, what are you drinking this evening? Um. Brian, you'll be happy to know that I have given the Vista Dark Skies Black Lager, which I think they advertise as a Black Pilsner. Well, it's, um, Pilsner is a lager. Yeah, but what's what was your problem with this one? It's you called it a Black Ale. Sorry, yeah, Black I, Ale, which should be labeled as an ale, but is labeled as a Pilsner. Yeah. Um, another try, and it is better. Um, I got a full rundown on Vista this past weekend okay. when we accidentally went because so we didn't accidentally go. I wanted to take my buddy who came up for ACL, which was a great time by the way, just as a side note. Um, yeah, he came up for ACL and <clears throat> we decided, okay, let's go to Vista, then go to um, the concerts. 
And we showed up at Vista, and they charged $10 for parking, which was fine because we thought, okay, maybe it's like a brew day, you know, and you pay 10 bucks and you can do tastings and whatnot. Ends up they were having a concert called Outside City Limits, which was a sponsored event that we <laughs> – because they put us in the back right corner, snuck behind security to get into, <laughs> went up to the bar, bought tickets to then exchange for beer. Nice. That ended up getting me a beer and us getting caught when we ordered the second beer <laughs> and them saying, did you pay the entry fee, which was $35 for some fucking person? Western country swing. Wow. So I was like, okay, uh, not paying that. Don't enjoy this music enough for that. Um, and quite frankly, they treated us right. So I've got to give them good credit for that. I think they just had some trouble with the logistics early on in the day. Um, they did give us a free growler, um, and a free, uh, crowler in exchange for the, um, inconvenience of purchasing the tickets and they let me finish my beer. So, um, I chose dark skies because, I know this is one that last time we didn't thoroughly enjoy. Um, it's a good beer, but it just wasn't advertised. Yeah, I would say that. To style. Um, I think you'll enjoy the new version. And they spoke to me about kind of what they're doing. And it sounds like to what we were indicating when we went there, and I think we've said it on the cast before, they're trying to find the perfect beers and and kind of brewing methods for their water mm-hmm. because they don't want to change the water too much. Um, they have the ability to change some of the water um, compounds, but they, they, they really want to keep it to like true to sight to have um, a unique element to their beers, which I think is very smart, but does lead itself to being long-term a little bit more difficult to get up to speed, right? So um, it just narrows I'd, the focus of of the variety of beers more than anything. Yes. Yeah. But once you get it perfect, you'll make a unique version of that beer, which I think is really smart instead of trying to like level out with a bunch of filters, everything um, you say, okay, this is the natural water coming from our property. And these are the beers that we can make. And they're very good, true to style um, with kind of this mineral content to them. So um yeah, I'm uh, after that conversation with the brewer, I'm very supportive of them. Like I understand what they're going through. It's not not every beer that you buy from Vista for the next year and a half is going to be good. Yeah. Um but support the ones that you like and try the new ones. And if you like the new ones, support those too. Um I think they're following a method which I I really would hope more breweries would follow and stick to um specifically two wheel here. They they try to make a lot of like special release beers and have three like limited beers, which I guess for the the size brew house that they are makes sense. But mm-hmm. um, they don't they don't add any new beers to their lineup, or they don't ask for well, feedback. These guys ask for feedback. Like I think it's it's a it's a different mentality. Yeah. So yeah, Vista is a it's a different vibe. It is very much unlike any other brewery probably in Austin. In that they are really separated from other people, <laughs> from other yeah. breweries. So they, that's probably why they welcome the feedback because they don't. They may not get a whole lot of it. Um, and they do. They do strictly open fermentation. Yeah, that that do, that surprises me zero. 
which is why that when I when they had their black pilsner or their Schwartz beer, I gave the old skeptical hippo eyes because I was not getting that from that beer. It was more like a an English style porter, which if they'd build yeah. it as that, fuck it. That's actually the way English style porters were made was open fermentation or fermentation in big oak vats and or done through a um God damn it, why can I never think of the word? A union. Uh Burton Union. Yeah. Which is a complex way of making sure uh, <clears throat> word is stirred around in yeast. But in, anyway, oh go ahead. When are you coming up here, Brian? To Tulsa? Yeah. I we, we were talking know. about a beer tour up there. Yeah, yeah. We you were... guys need to try Heirloom and Welltown. I'd love your opinions. I want to try some Whale uh, Whale Town Welltown. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I would like to try Heirloom as well and try some fresh things. Is my first experience with Heirloom was not positive, but uh, yeah. Oh I, yeah, true. No, but we should like go and like enjoy it. You were kind of went. I think. Didn't you? Yeah. So I think you were you missed the the aftercast. Two weeks ago, but we discussed possibly doing kind of like a a Tulsa area beer tour where we record at one of the breweries and yeah. I thought um, we were doing yeah. that in Dallas. I was prepping for Dallas. Oh, I'm sorry. We said yeah. Dallas first and then Tulsa. Yeah, that, that was the idea. So yes, that, um, that was the idea. But we'll, essentially, we're, we're do Tulsa. We're planning. We're planning to do it in the three cities. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dope. As we go along. So I think we said Dallas first just due to the proximity of some of the breweries to Brian's house. And mm-hmm. then we can do um, Tulsa. But, yeah, that would be awesome. Like if we can once again do um, – Megacast? Yeah, that, in, in in the city at the same time with some guests. Like that would be pretty fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Vista, we, we, we've been on them for a while, but they're – it was weird going to Cellus one day and then going to Vista the next, because mm-hmm. while they're both very, excuse me, very clean facilities, very aesthetically pleasing facilities, they were like diametrically opposed facilities in the way that they're set up and the way they brew their beers. Um, but I will say, uh, it it see, I I enjoyed myself at Vista, and I realized why I enjoyed myself was that the people who we were with, i.e., Frank and Mrs. Frank and Mrs. Brian and, and her best friend uh, all seem to be enjoying themselves. So it it was a, it made for a good time. I've been to several breweries where uh, a group of people that diverse would not all feel as comfortable as I do in, yeah. in breweries. And that's, I think, what made the experience enjoyable. Uh, way more so, sorry to say, way more so than the beers and the experience of drinking the beers. Uh, but... Uh, hearing your backstory, uh, you know, the backstory of the brewery, it makes sense what they're doing, why they're doing it. Uh, I wish they would have done a lot of this before they opened their doors and started. No, no I don't disagree. And I mean, but so you got to so, do what you got to do as a, as a company, as a business too. So, yeah. And, and the one thing that kind of frightens me is I did hear that they want to scale um, and they no. want to get into larger distribution accounts, which nope. I kind of. I understand the premise, but your recipes are still under development. Like you need to be very careful doing that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, it's, it's neither here nor there. Their yeah. beers. Um, I mean, there are three beers at that place that are some of the best to style beers that I've had with Hyde Park, probably being my favorite of the their, beers that they make. Their ESB and their Kolsch are very good. Both of them are <clears> very, so very good. when, 
when they kind of go through their process and hopefully everything comes out like the ESB and Kolsch, which nothing thus far has proven to me that if given some time, it won't. Um, I, I, th- I think what they're doing is, to your point, Brian, it's, it's very unique for this area. <clears throat> and hopefully long term, with the atmosphere that they've created, um, I mean, they've got, I would imagine, what amounts to 5 to $10 million invested in that property because the land alone is not fucking cheap um, out where they're at. So they've got this perfect setup for a very good brewer to come in. The guy they've got is supposedly a very good brewer. I'm not, I didn't ask where he was from, but um, he had won many GABF um, gold medal beer awards and whatnot. So, so it seems like they've got the team and I hope that they execute. And if they execute, we're bound to have some gold here in, in Texas Hill country, close to Austin for a brewery. Cause right now we've got Jester King and they're sort of like the level of consistent cult beer that people in Austin point to pine house pizza being the other one. Um, but it'd be nice to have a true, like, just brewery, brewery, not sours, not um, a pizza place that also brews beer. <laughs> Austin, beer um, Austin Beer Garden is now way, way surpassed the others. Yeah, but hold on. So that's also a pizza place. <laughs> I so wouldn't know also, that. They're also known for just pizza. Like, all these places, and that that's actually what makes the scene very interesting is we don't have a lot of breweries we have a ton of brew pubs that end up making very good beer and will kind of outsource the canning of that beer to other breweries and and make it on site but true breweries we have i wouldn't say we don't have a lot but we don't have very many that are true breweries that consistently rank in the top um the things that rank at the top for us are like, like you said, ABGB, right? That's a fucking brew pub. North by Northwest, a brew pub. Um, Pine House, a brew pub. So um, they make great beers, but one of them just needs to start a brewery and they won't do really well. Um, and I, I did hear rumblings of Pine House um, opening up a production facility to take their beers and can them and sell them at HEB, which will be freaking awesome. Well, absolutely. Um, one of the one of the biggest, <laughs> baddest breweries in California started out as a pizza joint. It's called Pizza Port Brewing. Now they split off and they had uh, Port Brewing, and then they split. The people who ran that for a while split and opened up uh, Lost Abbey. So awesome. So yeah, no, it, pizza and beer go well and well, go hand in hand. And speaking of going hand in hand, at twenty six minutes, the longest ever, I'm going to introduce what I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> Let's hear it, Brian. <laughs> Which is Urban Artifacts Whirly Gig. Urban Artifact Beer uh, is a Midwest brewery out of, fuck if I know. You thought that I would have pulled that together sitting here waiting, but I fucking thought that it would be on here. It's <laughs> not nowhere to be seen. It is an 8% sour beer that is, uh, it's, it's labeled as a sour beer. But it is technically a, a blueberry Midwest fruit tart. I showed Frank before the cast started, and I don't know if you can see it, villain. But this is what's left of the beer that I'm drinking. Oh god! Oh my god! It is just. Like, I can feel the heartburn. Well, see, here's the deal. There's no heartburn. 
It is not a super strong tart beer. It is very dry for how much fruit is in here. I mean, like, I mean, it's 8% alcohol, so it's pretty fucking dry. It's actually not bad, uh, but it is thick, as they say. It looks like a fucking smoothie for for the listeners, you know? Yeah, it looks like a, Frank described it as an acai berry smoothie, which is pretty, pretty accurate. Um, but yeah, this was actually, uh, a couple casts ago, I mentioned that, you know, I won a beer giveaway on Instagram yep. and this is the second half of the beer giveaway goods. So this is from so at Sarah has, meets beer on Instagram. Has the experience of the beer giveaway been good? I mean, it's, it's free beer. So yeah, it's been really good. Um, I wouldn't, honestly, I would, I've, uh, I would never have a chance to try any of these beers that I've received yeah. so far. So that's very, very cool. Um, I And I'm trying beers that I normal, if given a chance to buy on the shelf here, I wouldn't pick up a fruit tart ale. One, no, no one's making them here in Texas because <laughs> of just the sheer volume of fruit required. There's 3,000 pounds of blueberries in this 30-barrel batch. <laughs> that's... 15 tons of blueberries in a 30 barrel batch. That's, 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 that's a lot. I I can't explain to you how many fucking blueberries that is. Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, that's a significant amount. And also 60 grams of vanilla beans. So just a touch compared to the amount of blueberries. Uh, yeah, I would, I would never have picked this up. I'm glad that, uh, that Sarah meets beer sent it, sent it to me. Uh, and there's, I've still got a couple more urban artifact beers uh, in the fridge. I am most surprised at the ABV on all these beers. I had one on Monday night and it was 7.2%. And I was like, what the fuck? It was just as thick and, uh, just as tart. Two C's. Two C's, obviously. Hey, uh, Brian. Yes. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you and say that I need to step away for a few minutes, but I will be back shortly. Gotcha. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Neat. Uh, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. They're also pretty cool on their cans. They give the pH of the beer. I wish they would put uh, like total acidity or uh, to give more of the flavor profile of what acid that's in here, other than just the overall pH of the beer. Yeah. Um. But they also put several places on here. We do not recommend cellaring this beer. Drink this beer fresh. Uh, they put the date clearly printed on the bottom of the can. So they want you to enjoy their beer now rather than let it sit around. I would say it's probably best because there's probably a little funk going on in here. If you let this thing sit around, it might blow up on you. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's cool. That was That's my beer experience this evening. And, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Brian, that sounds uh, like a very unenjoyable beer if you were me. Because most sour beers that are berry-flavored give me the worst, the worst heartburn. Well, if they're fake fake berry-flavored, yes. This one is very much real berry-flavored, so I don't think you would have as big a problem with this one. Okay, fair enough. So, um... No, so the other thing that I wanted to say with regards to that beer, is it – so they, they put a shit ton of blueberries in there. Is there anything else that gives it the berry flavor beside the 
metric ton of blue blueberries? I would say not. It is a sour beer, so excuse me. Uh, to offset all that sweetness, uh, there is that nice dose of probably lactic acid and uh, whatever whatever souring strain they put in the in the beer to offset the sweetness. <laughs> Uh, but nothing to accentuate the berry flavors. Yeah, um, I could really use something to accentuate the uh, the train noises. Train. train in the background. No, it's good. That's the right amount of train. That makes sense. Uh, is Villem back with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, Villem. So I know we want to get into what Frank did over the weekend, but I also want to let. The uh, 952 train roll through Buda before getting into that. So I'm going to talk about his appearance on the Herfcast real quick. And uh, it pains me to say it, but it was actually a pretty damn good podcast. Um, at least the Frank's interview part was. Uh, and I uh, wanted to give Frank a shout-out and the Herfcast a shout-out. Go go check out the last episode. Uh, starring our, our little buddy Frank. It was, so the Herfcast is a cigar podcast, which in and of itself sounds really you know it's a little lame, just smoking cigars all the whole time. And then you're like, oh yeah, we have a fucking beer podcast. So I mean, <laughs> let's throw stones in this glass house real quick. Um, but no, it was uh, it was actually really good. They interviewed the owner and I guess co-owner. Of the cigar vault down there in Buda, and then oh, wow. old loudmouth Frank wheels, weaseled his way in, probably just asking <laughs> about all the old hey, what kind of got podcast you got set up there? Well, that's pretty oh. sweet. <laughs> uh, how's your upload download uh, ping scale off the router? Your modem IP clash. Modem issue. IP class. Do you have a bunch of those? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming oh, that's God. how it went down. Defenseless. He's defenseless. I know right it's now. beautiful. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a it was a good podcast. You should go check it out. For anybody interested in maybe broadening their horizons and uh, and and maybe listening to some shit that they don't normally listen to, Frank is yeah. the train running. Did you guys get a chance to discuss the uh, the changes in the liquor laws here recently? Uh, we did not cast last week. Uh, yeah. We just did the old last call. Uh, so no, we haven't. How I mean, other than what we talked about earlier on this cast. So I think every yeah I think everyone by now knows, but you if know, you don't know now so you know. Uh, so liquor stores can stay open later now, actually till midnight, which is dope. We can't even do that in Texas. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even know that one. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them will right now, but they can apparently. Um, they are able to sell cold beer, cold high point beer, which is great. And then uh, supermarkets, like grocery stores, can now sell wine and beer. Yep. So it's pretty great. I It still boggles my mind that it's 2018 and we're just so happy that people can buy f- like full-strength beer in goddamn yeah. convenience stores. Uh, and Yeah, convenience stores too. Um Quick Trip and the such, you can buy like and the such, such technical terms. (laughs) It's pretty, uh, pretty great. But you know, the I guess the thing I didn't think about is like the beer selection at some of those places was going to be pretty lame. Oh Um, yeah, but whatever. Man, I was so disappointed by the gathering place uh, the other day. 
So the first day I went, they had Heirloom on tap, which was super cool. Uh, and then the next time I went back a few weeks later, it was all big, big names. Mm-hmm. And like the most craft they got were Boulevard Wheat and um, some other kind of like, you know, not very risky craft beer. So not knowing a whole lot about the gathering place other than the 40-minute conversation that – the 40-minute story that <laughs> Parker tried to tell us on the last, last <laughs> call, um, is the gathering place tap area? Is that all outdoors? Is it like um, an outdoor bar? So they have a couple – they have an area kind of inside – and away from there, that's more like ice cream and stuff like that. But then, yeah, like, uh, and I think they'll do beer later in the year or something. I'm not sure. But then, yeah, like where where I'm talking about, they serve out to the patio. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of like a Shake Shack, if you know what Shake Shack is. No idea. But what I do know is that it's a new facility, and they're probably just trying to get their shit together. So I wouldn't be too upset with them. Um and be so vocal. you don't think it's an ish- a case where like the bigger breweries paid more to have their taps. You, you can't pay more to have your taps anywhere, and if you do, you run the risk of having the shit find out of you. Oh, really? So it's illegal? Yeah, it's not legal nice. at all. Um, nice. so you can always tell the people who are running those shops. Uh, hey, I would like to not see big beer on here, and. uh I I I I want to see the little guys. I want to see the local people. Yeah, and, which is what I thought they were doing. I was pumped about it. Yeah, you're gonna have to have that conversation directly with uh, the people responsible for buying beers there yeah. or buying the beers to be put on there. The other thing that you run into, and this is what Frank and I were talking about a couple weeks ago when we got into our little our little spat. Sometimes small breweries cannot fulfill orders. You just yeah. can't. And you when you run into problems like that, especially with new f- facilities and new outlets, that is a bad impression to make on new people is not being able to sell them shit so they can make money. <laughs> and that was kind of that that was kind of immediately where my mind went. It was like either the bigger guys pay Okay. Sorry about that. We're back. <clears throat> Uh, so, sorry, you know, we're running a very professional operation here. So we, <laughs> we left off with Willem's uh, disappointment in the, uh, the gathering of the Juggalos place. And my best advice is just, uh, you know, vo- voice, voice your concerns and, uh, don't give up on them. So, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to cover on that Willem? I'm sorry, man. Uh, no, no, that's, that's cool. I did just on the point of. Not being able to fulfill orders, that was kind of my suspicion. It was either they the bigger guys paid more or they couldn't fulfill orders, in which case that's just what can you do. Yep, that shit happens. It's unfortunate. Uh, but uh, speaking of unfortunate, my weekend was really boring this last weekend. It was nothing but uh, trudging around in the rain of Oklahoma and thinking about going to pumpkin patches, but... One of us on this cast had a hell of a weekend down in Austin. Yep. We uh <laughs> just we did have yep. 
I mean, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I, I thought there was going to be something else to that intro. So I said, yep. And I was expecting you to say, yeah, Frank, what did you do this weekend? Not I figured dead you air just, in the handoff. That was weird. I figured you just uh, take, I mean, you looked at the ball. So yeah. go ahead and take I it. I did. Yeah. So then pick it up yourself. <laughs> Frank, before you get into it, uh, I, I do have to go. Okay. Let me, I'll, I'll play your. So Villem, thanks for coming on. Thanks for playing me out. Wow, this is an honor. It's official. Anything you want to plug? Um, Welltown. If you guys are in Tulsa and have not tried Welltown, you should go check them out. It's probably my favorite tap room. They're super nice there. Uh, remember, they remember faces really well, and I don't know. It's a great place. Very fun to hang, and the beer is delicious. So, Willem put his resume in a new brewery and they hired him. Good job. I know, right? Left his gig over at the other place that we won't name. <laughs> and Now I'm just making minimum wage, you know, a significant yeah. pay cut. But <laughs> with that comes loan, uh, student loan forbearance and all that jazz. <laughs> oh, that's pretty sweet. You, uh, Win-win. Brian, did you know that Welltown is really the local food bank, right? Ah, Ooh, damn. It's actually nowhere near the... If you... If you get the opportunity, check out Tulsa's uh, food bank because it is impressive. Great lunches. Great lunches. So much food. (laughs) Awesome people working over there. No, they, hey, they grow produce in these growtainers, they call them, which are shipping containers that have been converted into hydroponics farms. Yeah. And they'll grow like lettuce. And sometimes they'll send out like these, you know, they'll send out like a bag of groceries for each family or whatever. And they'll include like, the lettuce that they grew there because they have to do it that way otherwise they can't get them greens yeah that's awesome so if you're homeless move to tulsa <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also be sure to subscribe to nobody left behind we're Never not dissing the homeless it was just a joke no i know i said you'll that. eat well it's not just the homeless I said. oh that's uh, true right. that's true i gotta go thanks guys all right peace out bye villain bye All right. All right. So, so uh, Frank, what did you what did you do this weekend down in Austin? <laughs> yeah. So this weekend was our um, annual uh, ACL venture. Um, it is our tr- third time going. So I guess triannual. No, that that would be every third year. I don't know. This shit always gets me confused with English. So you could just say anyways, third time going, and it is an annual, annual, event. annual excursion. Third time going, and <laughs> um, had a great time. Honestly, like the best part about ACL is not the headliners. Um, I don't know how many people listening have been to music festivals, but a lot of music festivals focus on getting like all of the top current acts and. They'll normally focus on like a genre of music, maybe two, mm-hmm. right? Um, what ACL does is it, they just say fuck it and they go, okay, what we're going to do is create a day's worth of music three times during a weekend, right? So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all catered to the main act, but within popular music. So um, this year they did – so last year it was – um jay-z um it was the killers it was red hot chili peppers and chance the rapper those were like the main headliners that people went to go see chance so the rapper. 
Sorry. So they would arrange the day to to be like, okay, people who like Jay Z like rap, so we're going to have this, this, this um, act to to kind of coincide with this day, and then people who like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they like punk music, so we'll have live and like all these other bands come in for some rock, and then people who like um, uh, the Killers, they're kind of a, a general liking of music crowd so we'll have these these bands so they they really try to make a really good festival lineup each day catered to the type of music that headlines that day which turned out this week like this this acl was was great but the saturday and you'll see it if if anybody has um kind of youtube available they broadcast all the acts um on the main stages. So the Honda stage and the American express stage will be live broadcast on, uh, I think it's, I think it's YouTube or Red Bull channel, but anyway, it's not, not super important. ASX or whatever the hell. Sorry. It used to be on like AXS or ASX, whatever the hell access. Mark. Yeah. They might still have it on Mark Cuban's channel. I, I honestly cannot recall where they broadcast it because I've, I've not watched I, – I normally watch in preparation for this one. I'll watch like parts of Lollapalooza just to figure out what acts because the acts can sometimes be similar, um, which ones are worth it to see. So anyways, not to make the long story longer, um, ACL does a good job of it. So we go every year and we really enjoy it. This year was different. Metallica headline Saturday. I don't like – Rock music like metallic. Stop. Can you stop Never hitting? Have... Just stop hitting your. Sorry, table I'll stop hitting is. the table. Jesus, uh, <laughs> Hitler, I, just Einstein. Don't like Metallica. Well, I don't alone. like rock music like Metallica. I never have, and I just spilled a ton of beer. Anyways, um, <laughs> unfortunately, Saturday was all like that. So Saturday was a bit of a difficult day to get um, to find like good music acts. But the good part about ACL is they have a lot of other things that you can do while the music is playing. So Saturday we spent some time at the art section. We went to the wine garden and still had a really good day while going to some of the acts that weren't hard rock um, and had a great time. Friday was fantastic. Paul McCartney sounded great. Odessa live is incredible. Um, and then Sunday probably turned out to be my favorite day because we saw Janelle Monet, which I love. Um, we saw a EDM act called Elenium, um, which was unbelievable, uh, just incredible. We saw Travis Scott, which was really good. Um, we saw Khaled. He was really good. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, ACL is always a great success. The undercards are much more impressive than the headliners normally and the headliners are always fantastic but i always get introduced to some really good music um always enjoy acl and it it i don't know to me it's just one of the more balanced music festivals out there so i always try to go to at least a day but normally get convinced to buy the three-day pass I, i'm always like i'm jealous of like when i see people posting about who they're seeing at acl like I had some friends from work that went, and they're like, "Ah, yeah, I got to see Paul McCartney." I'm like, "Fuck you!" Like, yeah. f- first off, fuck you. <laughs> but you know, the best part about ACL is like, you would pay this much to see normally one or two of the acts, right? So you see the headliners, but the undercards are so strong. I think, I like, think they're called opening acts. Undercards? No, so you call it an, they call it an undercard in, in music fighting. festivals oh, because. Okay. 
because there's so many of them. Like if it wasn't an opening act, then everybody from 11 a.m. would be an opener, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so up. the the true opening acts started about 7:30 at night. Okay. Um, everybody beyond that is just an undercard musician. Um, but the undercards are they're so strong. Janelle Monae performed at 5 p.m. That's awesome. And it was in, um, the the um, Travis Scott performance was supposed to be the opening to Childish Gambino. So, yeah, it's it, ACL. Like, if you ever get the opportunity, definitely just buy the three day pass. It is worth it. Um, and the entertainment is beyond worth it. They they really always do a good job of making sure that people get their money's worth, no matter what kind of music they like. I always um, how many college students go to this thing? Because so this year was a bit unique in that we had a lot more we had a lot more high school students than I'm used to. High school and, students? Yeah, so like 15 to 17 year olds, and and not like thousands of them. There were a couple of hundred that somehow got in without parents like just it was the first year that i saw it and i think acl is probably going to put some policies in place to have it not be this way because a lot of people complained about it it did not happen last year um or the year before that it, it younger kids getting in um and they would have people buy them alcohol and it, it got Those to be real weird in some of the shows years. yeah um, and, and they will definitely put something in place to stop it. It, it. Yeah. I mean, things like that have the ability to ruin an entire festival. So they're not, they're not going to keep that, um, up for the next couple. Um, well in the future, um, I already saw them respond to some things to where they're going to change policies for weekend two to have it not happen again. But, um, it, the average crowd age I'd say is about 20, I'd probably say it's 25, 26, Okay. Verging more towards like the thirty-year-old than the twenty-year-old. Okay. Um, it's it's a well-balanced crowd. There are parts, so it depends on who you go see. Sometimes too, like Khaled is in high school, right? So he's a great singer. He's phenomenal live, but you're gonna get younger kids there. Um, you can choose to be in the crowd and up at the front, or you can enjoy him from a a, a bit of a distance, drinking a beer, having a great time. Um, whereas an artist like Paul McCartney, you'll be one of the younger Paul McCartney fans there. Um, <laughs> one of the so it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's really good, dude. Like, so I saw it, to to give you a perfect kind of visual on ACL. I stood in line to get water. Now, me being a thirty-one-year-old, I don't feel uncomfortable at ACL, and I probably won't until I'm like fifty, um, because the crowd is that diverse. I stood in line at the water station. There was a 70-year-old. She goes, I'm 71. And I go, oh, man. Um, and I, I don't – like, obviously, you assume she's there to see Sir Paul McCartney, right? Like, who wouldn't assume she's there to see that? And it's not it's not an incorrect assumption. She was there to see him. And I go, man, so are you excited to see Paul McCartney tonight? She goes, yeah, but I'm also excited to see Manchester Orchestra and Odessa. And I said – I'm not even here and excited to see those two. <laughs> and they're, they're like 20-year-old, 25-year-old performers. But I'm more interested yeah. in Permian myself. Okay. What? 
So, but that's that's the that's that's the crowd that ACL draws, and it's a beautiful festival because of that. Um, it's it's not a total sellout towards young kids and like super hardcore EDM and house music, and they have uh, normally they have three to four EDM acts the whole weekend, and they're really really good EDM acts. They don't spend money on people who stand up there and just push buttons. Um, so it's yeah. Uh, that's my review of ACL. Definitely they, go if you have the ability. It's always fantastic. They can't even afford me, you know. They cannot. <laughs> they cannot. That Apple iPhone EDM app you've got is. Are you, really what are you talking in, about? I'm talking about in, invaluable all day. There will always be a taint. I got a million <laughs> of them. <laughs> I can do this shit all day. Boom! Hit them all. So, so check this out. Oh, go ahead. No, so Brian. Um, First off, definitely y'all need to come down for ACL one year. Second, um, there was a bit of an experience the day after ACL that I think we need to discuss because yeah. this was hilarious. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and walk us through uh, that? Yeah, so, okay, so coming to ACL, uh, one of my good friends, he came by way of Denver and spent two days in Denver. Uh-huh. And he decided to, I guess you call it smuggling. I would just call it transport. Um, Mewing, some, if you will. He transported a vape pen with THC that, and CBD balance. Ugh, um, the nerve. Yeah, down here. It was 110 milligrams, and it's all gone. <laughs> and it's in fucking Zilker Park at the moment in a trash can. Um because it's one of like they make these pens now that are like blue cigarettes, mm-hmm. but with THC and CBD oil in them. So anyway, so he brought that and it's gone, and then he brought um, THC cookies, and these cookies are ten milligrams per. Um, and so we go on Saturday, and I have a cookie, and I feel nothing after like three hours and I take a couple puffs of the vape pen and I feel a little bit, but nothing too bad. And I call it good. Like I'm like, fine. I've been drinking a little wine, drinking a little beer. Let's not do anything else. Um, let's enjoy the music and go home. So Sunday comes around and Sunday I, I had like some wine and wasn't really feeling it. Cause it was actually a little cooler Sunday. Um, so I, and it was kind of rainy and, so I was like, fine, we'll just, you know, have so, like have water, have a beer, whatever. Um, didn't do much Sunday. Then Monday came around and I took Monday off. So my buddy leaves. Um, well, he was scheduled to leave uh, Monday at 5 p.m. for my house to get to the airport. And I got him a lift. And um we spent the morning in downtown going to the Hope Gallery, seeing some graffiti, going to eat some lunch, whatnot. And we get home, and my smart ass is like, fuck it. It's 2 p.m. God <laughs> damn it. Good. Okay, it's, I'm going to roll through this. I go, fuck oh, it. It's, it's <laughs> Train through it? Plow through? Yeah, I'm going to plow through it. So I go, fuck it. It's 2 p.m. I'm going to take two of these cookies. <laughs> and I pop two of, them, two of those cookies in my mouth. Now, I don't... A joint, a joint. Looking back on it, is twelve milligrams of THC. Okay, that's a joint. Now, most people. I mean, Brian, I think you would 
You'd probably get high off a joint, but you wouldn't get tanked off a joint. Never smoked marijuana, Frank. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. I have, I have, <laughs> yeah. Brian, you smoked more marijuana than I have, <laughs> which is why 20 milligrams of THC <laughs> yeah. was a, not a good idea. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> so I take two of these cookies, and I pop them, and I'm, I forget about it. Right, like forget Ooh. about it completely. Oh no! Uh, oh so no! I'm, I'm sitting here. We're watching, uh, fucking, uh, we're watching Inglorious Bastards. It's a great time, and all of a sudden, so that the the lift is supposed to arrive at five o'clock, and it's four thirty-five, and I'm starting to like, Panic. I'm starting to <laughs> like get really high <laughs> and like <laughs> i hear what amounts to just this constant whistling sound in my ears it was probably the fucking train frank i'm gonna be no, honest no it was you. not it was just i heard fans twirling <laughs> like my senses were so hyperactivated and so i i heard my ceiling fan and like the the sound that it makes when it twirls when it moves through the air and pushes air molecules around your eardrums well it was it was the gears inside so oh. it was like this as the thing like twirled and i like i go okay i need to sit down so you are sitting oh my god my buddy <laughs> is about to like okay I, I don't know that he knew that I was this. He probably knows now, but um, he was like, he was getting ready to leave. I told him, hey, the lift is going to meet you outside. Um, I'll go check because sometimes they miss the house. And I did this like five times. Yeah, that seems normal. And, That's a normal thing to do. Yeah, I think he probably <laughs> let on my then. Like, he's fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the lift driver gets here and she goes, Hi, sir. And I go, hi. And I put the bags in the back and I go, he's going to be out in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) He comes out. I say a real gentleman's goodbye. (laughs) I hope you bent down on a knee and said, my lord, it's been a pleasure. I give him a hug and I go, hey, thank you so much for coming. Fly safe. Uh, We'll see you again soon. And like, he's out in the car out. I go. And I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck did I just do? (laughs) And I like, so if you take too much THC, it makes you paranoid. Well, it can. It definitely can. So um, I have smoked before, Mm -hmm. and I've never gotten paranoid. Mm -hmm. But I now know how much it takes to give me paranoia. And it's right around twenty milligrams. Well, you also so let's, in a in an instant. Like, well, let's let's be honest. You were also ingesting it. Ingesting it is very different than smoking it, my friend. Absolutely, and it's pure THC. Like it is nothing but distill well, and, and then put and, into. And you're bypassing your blood You're 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 <laughs> bypassing your bloodstream uh, via your lungs and going straight to your. Mm-hmm. To I, you know what is math is beyond me. Uh, and science included, but all I know is you get way more fucked up off of one than the other. It's like butt well, in a beer versus drinking a beer, you know? Well, well, that's true, but it's also like there's there's a limit to like where it's awesome and then too you, much. You can't get off the ride in time. So, anyways, Frank, it's Frank, Frank, like literally 
he got to the crest of the mountain when he was at ACL and it didn't quite go. And then he said, let's double it. Double down, and then, bitch. And then the ride down was about 150 miles an hour too fast and about two hours too long. So I, <laughs> I'm sitting here. And I had just confirmed like trivia plans on Monday night. Like, not okay, anymore, motherfucker. You just so got hijacked. I sit here and for about 30 minutes, I'm like, fuck, how do I get rid of this? Like, I'm way too high right now. And I start looking up, like, how do you get rid of high? And everybody's how just do like, you get rid of high? <laughs> yeah, well, sure. I mean, what you're fucking high. What are you, what's going through your mind? How do you get rid of it? There's no. nothing else going through your mind at that point, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm looking it up and, Everybody says you just got to wait it out, and it takes eight hours to twelve hours per ten milligrams. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. Okay, so this means like maybe tomorrow morning I might still be high. Oh, so, anyways, calling in sick to work already. So you start thinking the worst, and. I go, okay, at the very least, my wife's about to be home in two hours. I have to text her to warn her what she's happened a, here. She's a vet. She can fix this. <laughs> well, no, I just texted her to warn her. I was like, hun, I accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I accidentally ate too much weed cookies. Too and much weed cookies. Ingested too much THC. What fucking dad move is that? <laughs> <laughs> it, okay. In all honesty, it was an accident to the extent you didn't know what I, you were getting. You, you jumped in the deep end. You didn't realize. I have no idea how, how far in the deep end I jumped. It was not an accident in that I didn't intend not to get high. I was like, okay, let's ingest some weed cookies. This is going to be fun. Maybe last four hours. Trivial will be awesome. Not holy shit. Is my house leaving me? Um, so, is my house leaving me? So I'm. Uh, like I text her and she texts back and she's like, ha ha ha. Okay. Um, whatnot. She gets home and I'm like in bed. Okay. <laughs> All the lights in the house are turned off. Um, and I'm like, had the TV on. I think I was watching baseball. Yeah. I was watching baseball and she came in and she goes, hon, are you like, are we going to trivia? And I go, I'm not moving from the spot until I am not high. <laughs> like, because at that point, like when you get super high, as you're probably well aware, you start forgetting like things feel like snippets of time. Oh, yeah. They don't feel like a continuous storyline. Oh, yeah. So you'll start you'll start like experiencing the moment and you'll forget about the previous moment and then then remember the previous moment and freak out because you didn't remember the previous moment in the current moment. Oh yeah. It's a, it's what I like to call the old, uh, time fucktinuum. You're yeah. just continuously fucked on time. It is, it is a, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy mm -hmm. that you are stuck in. And eventually as you get on high, you start going, okay, okay, okay. All right. This is that on high, but Love initially, that. You're like, holy fuck, I don't even remember like <laughs> letting the dog out. And now the dog needs to come in. And you're like, fuck, the dog needs to come in. The dog needs to come in. So you let the dog in. And then the dog has needs been water. The and then time. you give it water. But you thought you had given it water. Like, it's this continuous cycle of just fucking messing with your mind. Uh, <laughs> so That's a thing of beauty, Frank. Uh, so anyways, I got that high. It um, did not 
make me want to try heroin. So there's that. And then wow. additionally, okay. um, it, it yeah it once once I started coming down from the phenomenal high, mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah. Like the paranoia <laughs> let up and everything started being like, oh okay, this is relaxing and good. But the initial experience, yeah. If you're gonna have grandpa for his chronic whatever, <laughs> do some edibles. Be real careful. Grandpa might not go back on edibles again. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I hope I hope to be old enough one day to get fucked up on some edibles that my grandson gives me. That'd be ha- that'd make me a happy person. Um, yeah, it's you know, I mean, it's funny. I I had a great time, but definitely, if you're not a regular smoker under 15 milligrams, I would suggest. 10 and then moving up um, maybe even start at five if you're if you never smoked um, absolutely do not do 20 um that was that was me not thinking I, I i swallowed and i remember this now going shit that's quite a bit like that's not and then i immediately also forgot and didn't bother it till I got high. <laughs> I, so. I, I that makes me happy that you went out and checked four or five times with the Uber or the yep. Lyft. That that's a completely normal thing for not high people to do all the time. Going out and just checking to make sure the Lyft driver hasn't missed your house. And you know, I knew the moment it became real obvious was when I went out and my buddy said, "I'm sure they'll call." <laughs> Yeah, because he was like, and that's like the fifth time. It's been yeah. three minutes. <laughs> now, at that, at that point, I was like, okay, you was probably you loaded- probably too high for this right now. <laughs> he loaded the car with his bags. He'll be out in a second. I would I would have loved to see the Lyft driver's face if you would have come out in a hat. Like you just went inside. You came out as a hat. You had a different accent, and you were like, "Come on, cheerio! Let's head to the airport." Like. This dude is well, I moved his bags outside without him knowing. He was in the bathroom, and I was like, all right, your stuff's outside. Just, We're ready. And I was like, yeah. just moved his it, ass out. It started getting like, looking back, I was like, I'm real sorry about that. It definitely like, <laughs> I was too high for this. <laughs> oh, that, that makes me happy. That's great, man. Yeah. I'm glad you had but a good yeah. time at ACL. Yeah, man, it was it was definitely solid. I, I can't, you cannot complain about a weekend that was that much fun and ended up with you being high on a Monday night, pseudo accidentally. Like, hey, I've <laughs> gone and gotten shit housed in Kalamazoo, Michigan, on a Monday night with coworkers. So it is, it's a trip when you wake up <laughs> the next morning. And you're like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did karate in a hotel bar at one thirty in the morning before doing just full on drinks of bourbon. Yep, <laughs> with people who who are twice my age. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun times. Uh, Frank, are you drinking? Are you still drinking Vista Brewing? Yeah, it's a whole crowler. So, okay. so you, you're down to thirty two for the night. That's that's respectable. I am. Yeah, this will be the end of it. I'm on my second beer this evening as we close out. Uh, I have, I am drinking dead armadillo out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, dead armadillos, Dunkelweizen methinks by the look of the package, uh, it is their, uh, uh their Oktoberfest beer. 
but it is a Dunkelweizen, so it's a dark wheat beer, uh, brewed in the Germanic styles. But uh, it's it's very good. It's crushable, as they say, and uh, it was the first cold beer that I bought from an Oklahoma liquor store over the weekend. So proud to say that. It was really cool. Walked in and uh, grabbed a, grabbed a cold beer off the shelf, and then grabbed a four pack of Rough Tail Hop Rich Money Pour that you'll see posted about tomorrow on, or today when you're listening to this on our Instagram page at No Beer Left Cast. So nice, man. <clears throat> it's been uh, it's been it's been a good week. It's been super busy. So I'm gonna I'm, unless you have anything else this evening, uh, anything you wanted to touch upon. As you, yeah. So there is this one final thing that okay. will be hopefully a quick topic, but um, so there's been some very interesting things that I don't think people are fully aware of, um, with regards to. So you know, I mean, I know finance just a little bit, and um, there's been a bit of a war brewing out there in the financial markets, or a bit of a storm, if you will, um. Too soon. That, Too soon. Well, it, it will be very interesting to see what happens because um, our dear leader has gone up and indicated, and by the way, something which I completely agree with, which is unique, um, that the Fed might be raising interest rates too quickly. And while that's accurate, um, the Fed is also responding to um, inflation numbers that have been increasing, um, wage growth, which is not kept up with inflation. So wage growth is how much the average hourly rate um, for workers is increasing versus um, inflation being how much the price of a basket of goods <clears throat> and a previously agreed to purchasing power of a basket of goods, basket of goods right. increases year over year. So inflation has been running right around 2.7 and wage growth has been running right around 2.9%, which essentially means that we're breaking even. We're not making any more money because inflation is eating all of that um, wage growth. So what's funny about that whole scenario, not funny, what's actually sad about it is um, so while you have 0.2% extra purchasing power, um, for money you earn today than you did last year. Um, our dear leader has also slapped an additional 20% tariff on some raw materials that impact just about everything you purchase. Um, and as such, you're probably going to see less purchasing power on some serious um, goods that you probably notice more than, say, the price of milk. So things like a car, a house, equipment you buy to do i mean any anything that aluminum or steel is an input to right that will be um going up in price so okay that's fair so we're going to increase the price of steel um which thus increases the price of a lot of things that people buy including phones and everything else um so wage growth is stagnant now the fed's raising interest rates which literally takes dollar for dollar um in purchasing power away from the American consumer if they have variable interest rate, interest debt, 
which everybody does in some way, shape, or form if you own a credit card. And some people additionally will have variable rate interest, uh, variable rate debt if they have uh, adjustable mortgages or adjust, adjustable auto loans or um, private student loans um, that are not fixed. So <clears throat> literally the Fed in a time – okay, so the scenario we're running with at the moment is in a time of growth in the American economy, we are running a deficit of $1.5 trillion a year. The Fed is raising interest rates when wages aren't growing, um, and the president has added an additional tariff on top of all costs um, for raw materials as inputs um, for anything that's aluminum and steel, and possibly more as we see um, this trade war develop, um, which will further decrease the purchasing power of your dollar. So sort of like the perfect storm of um, shit is transpiring in the American economy, which could propagate to the world economy, um, which has led to a pretty dire warning from the IMF this week, which is something that I've sort of alluded to a couple times, um, but which hasn't, it hasn't fully proven out until, you know, someone does some actual research behind it. And it's not just like, theoretical brain um, gymnastics. But uh, so they came out and they lowered the global growth forecast for the first time in five years and also added dire kind of <clears throat> consequences to increasing the wage war, not the wage war, the tariff war, and not seeing wage growth in the U.S. economy. Because if those things don't stop, meaning wage growth doesn't pick up or and tariffs don't stop being added to goods, you could see a scenario where global demand for goods that make economies grow collapses um, like overnight, which could lead to what is called an economy, economic terms, contagion, which means unintended consequences to other sectors um, in the economy overnight which lead to black swan events, which are once in a lifetime supposedly, but they're not really. It's sort of like calling it a hundred year flood, but it could happen every year. Um, So black swan events, which could then lead to additional losses across not associated asset classes due to people not being able to um, afford anything. So um, similar to the housing bubble, we are entering a period where the, American um, economic leadership needs to be very, very careful. Um, Raising interest rates in this environment is not smart. But what's way, way, way dumber is levying more tariffs, not getting rid of the current tariffs that we have, um, and not putting policies in place that would allow workers to um, make more money. That's like those three things have to happen. Otherwise, we will run. Um, the the economy as we know it will run its course. Um, I, I the only reason I didn't meet, like mention deficit reduction is because I don't actually think there's any honest push on the Republican side who controls everything to seriously do any deficit reduction because in reducing the deficit, you've got two options: you can either raise taxes or lower spending. 
they're going to focus on lower spending. There's literally not enough spending to make up for the deficit they're running right now. So um, you can cut spending all you want, but there's nothing left to get your one and a half trillion dollars worth of deficit left. So, and they're not going to raise taxes. So we're going to run this course with the deficit. Um, and in all honesty, it's it's going to be the ultimate ironic play when conservatives finally realize that just cutting, cutting, cutting eventually leads to social uprising and socialist tendencies within a society. And there aren't going to be enough people left on your side of the fence to prevent the social uprising, which will lead to socialism. So um, I find it very funny and very ironic, but it's going to be very sad in the meantime if if we let um, kind of these conditions continue. Cool. So that was a really good way to end out a very happy podcast of uh, welcome. Welcome to. I don't the- know. Did you? Did you? Did I at least make sense? It like, did. To the no average person. I mean, I'm well above average, so. No, it made sense. You explained it in somewhat normal terms, like layman's terms, and it made sense to me. Okay. Um, I heard rumblings all day today about, oh, 200 points down. Oh, what are we going to do? From people who are dealing with literally, you know, a couple hundred dollars here and there in, in a stock market that... As you point out before the cast, doesn't look very stable at this point, <laughs> or is not not looking as stable as it has in the past. Yeah, and I mean, here's the problem you've got, right? Is like it's it's not stable because okay, let me give you a quick two minute. Stock markets predict future events with a certain amount of certainty. If that certainty wobbles. In the near term, meaning if they cannot, if their assumptions about the next three months are incorrect, they reset all expectations. Um, with Trump's tariffs, with interest rates, with wage growth, with inflation, with the Fed's recent statements, with the IMF's recent statements, they have reset expectations and expectations are down. So global growth both with the IMF and the the market as a whole is expected to slow down significantly in the near future. And this is not surprising. Anybody who has studied economic cycles, business cycles for the last century, while capitalism has been the predominant force in modern day society, will tell you we go through business cycles and those end. And we've never seen a longer growth cycle than the Obama to now Trump president um, presidency, um, that growth cycle from March of 2008 all the way through now has been longer than anyone we've seen in the past. And if it continues <clears throat> for another year without a recession, um, it will be the longest in U.S. recorded history. Um which would then so the first sorry the first statement should be adjusted to say the longest since World War II, the last statement will be the longest in history, and as such, um, the likelihood of it continuing much longer is not high. But 
what Trump is doing with his tariffs and what the Fed is doing with their interest rates is perpetuating the cycle faster. Um, and unfortunately, with a one and a half, one point three trillion dollar deficit projected for next year, we have no bullets left to stimulate the economy because no one's going to lend you money when you owe one and a half trillion per year. Like you can't put some huge government program in place when you run a deficit that large unless you want to run a larger deficit. Right. Um, you didn't tax people when revenue was coming in during the last growth cycle. So you have no money in the bank like you should to pay or to stimulate the economy to generate growth in the next downturn. You normally have two levers to pull. You have the government balance sheet or you have the Fed balance sheet, which is the Federal Reserve Bank, the evil entity that all these fucking QAnon people hate. And they're like, oh, God damn it, fiat money. I'm going to do gold and crypto and I don't know, whatever, dildos. Um, <clears throat> so no, that doesn't seem like a viable option, but sure. Yeah, but not, yeah, they're about as viable as the other options. OK, so it's silicone, Brian. You can always melt it. Um, I got my so, money all held up in dildos right now. I'm sorry. I'm not really liquid at the moment. It's my silicone stash, but wait till I melt it. It's going to be as liquid as any you've seen. So, okay. So if the government doesn't have the ability to cash flow risk, which means literally take on more debt if they want to, um, which we'll see where this goes. But I find it very hard to believe that someone is going to lend a an additional trillion dollars a year to someone who already runs – a trillion dollars a year on a credit card. That would be the first time in history. Um, so, okay. So let's say that is pretty well tapped out. Let's say they do 500 billion. Now, the next thing you can do to stimulate an economy, which is actually more powerful and much more viable, is the Fed can lower interest rates and do quantitative easing, which is them buying back government securities for a period. And then the government um, or private entities buying that debt back um, from the Federal Reserve. So, the United States has this beautiful enclosed loop where the Fed buys debt from the government and the government buys it back later. That's fine. It's not sustainable long term, and it's especially not sustainable when you have a deficit that's this large and interest rates that are this low. So if we enter a recession this next time around, you don't have enough interest return to cut to incentivize people to invest um, at the low returns that they are at for the risk that they w would be taking, right? So, um, and the government can't take on any additional debt without raising taxes. So it's this vicious cycle, and at some point, someone will have to pay the bill. Um, thus far, Republicans have told us that we don't need to pay the bill, we just need to spend less, um, which is not a viable option. So, Entering into a recession, which I truly believe will happen in the next 12 months, um, with Trump as president is a frightening proposition. If he is starting this battle that is about to happen by blaming the Fed for raising interest rates, because it is but a small portion of the entire picture, and his tariffs are more responsible at this moment in time for the Fed having to increase interest rates, then the Fed just wanted to do that shit. Um, it's, yeah, it's frightening, man. Like, 
I don't know. We'll, we'll hopefully come out of it. I mean, it's I we're entering an economic playbook that hasn't been written. So um, we've never seen economies enter down cycles in a worse fiscal state than the world economy is probably about to. And it's it's literally due to <clears throat> a a fallacy that has been perpetuated throughout time or at least throughout our generation that um, capitalism um, needs low tax rates, needs to incentivize, incentivize businesses because they create jobs and rich people need to pay less taxes because they create jobs. And it's simply not true. At some point you get like the part of Keynes that we didn't follow Keynes nailed how to get out of the last recession. What we didn't follow, and Keynes is an economist, um, so everybody knows, he discusses economic theory. His theory was when you enter a recession, the only person that can take risk is the government. No one else will take risk um, on, on, on an investment unless the government backs it up in some capacity. So that's why we bailed out the banks, bailed out the auto companies, invested in um, subsidized loan programs, invested in the junker car buyback program. All that stuff was so that the government was taking risk that businesses otherwise wouldn't have taken to keep the economy going. Okay, That is a very, very sound strategy. But the bill comes due. When the bill came due, we simply blamed the Democrats for that bill and said, fuck it. We're just going to give everybody else tax cuts on top of this bill that's still due. Seems right. Um, so instead of continuing the Obama era policy of cutting the deficit, making sure we're prepared with a balance sheet, we have now given this massive tax cut at the worst time possible in economic history to very wealthy people that will come to bite us in the ass by the time that we need to do this. And if you don't think that the world will not impose economic austerity on the United States of America, you are sadly mistaken. At some point, they will say, unless you fucking raise taxes on rich people and everybody, we're not giving you this money because there's no viable way for you to pay it back in the period that you're saying you will. So, um, yeah, it's we we have written the book. We've enforced this on other people many times before through the IMF and we have learned nothing from that playbook. We're about to enter it. Well, that's again, even more of a positive note than what we thought we ended on earlier. I mean, beautiful regard, regardless people understand what, uh, what your coworkers are bitching on and on about and why they're bitching about it. <laughs> that way you can take that back to them be like, Hey, fuckhead, listen up. Anyway, uh, Frank, thank you for your uh, finance, your your Frank's Finance Corner. Frank's Finance, front porch. Hey, it's been a while since we've been there, so I figured maybe I'd give a little rundown because people saw today 800 and some odd points down. Know that this is very different than what has happened before. Cool, 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 cool. I'm going to play this. As we do say our goodbyes this evening, uh, I want to make sure that I thank you 
for tuning in this week and every week to know we're left behind. Be sure to tell friends, coworkers, family members, the homeless people down at, uh, at Villem Soup Kitchen. Uh, that's Wellington. got, that's got a great, a great French baguette that they do. It's just phenoms. It'll cut the roof of your mouth just right. So, uh, be sure to tell your friends, everybody, to subscribe so they never miss an episode. You can find us anywhere podcasts are. You can tell them that. Just drop that bit of knowledge on them. And be sure to check us out over on Instagram, Twitter, at NoBeerLeftCast. If you could be so kind, leave us a review over on iTunes and anywhere else that you can rate and review podcasts. At NTX underscore beer. I'm looking at you, man. Let's get this thing together so we can actually rate podcasts and something other than the devil's dick of iTunes. Um, yeah. So other than that, oh, I, I am going to be going out to a, a, a DFW Beerstagrammers uh, meetup in early November. So if you're in the DFW area, November 11th, head out to Manhattan Beer Project or Manhattan Project Beer. Damn. I just franked Manhattan Beer <laughs> uh, So uh, go out to Manhattan Project Beer Company in Dallas. I think their opening weekend is the first weekend of November. We'll be out the second weekend of November on Sunday. I believe that's November 11th from 1 to 5. Uh, you can catch myself and some other uh, North Texas and maybe a few Oklahoma Beerstagram people in real life. Hang out with the cool people behind them. Badass photos of uh, Texas and uh, beers from around the world. Okay? So, other than that, ladies and gents, I hope you have a great week. Be sure to tune in next time. Until then, for Brian in North Texas, I'm out. Uh, For Frank in far, far east, southern San Diego County, it's voting time, bitches. Let's win this shit back. I'm out.